0: Welcome to Strung Out, the podcast that looks at life through the lens of an artist. Your host is the artist, writer, and musician, Martin Lawrence McCormack. Now here's Marty. Hey, great to have you with us. Uh, this is the 64th podcast of Strung Out. Whoever thought that we were going to be uh, continuing, but we are continuing and I have with me the Gubbin Project, and we're talking, two of the members. Yeah, two of the members. Yeah, and Sean Cleland is our uh, Sean. Can you introduce your guest? I'm joined by my friend from
1: County Dublin, who's living in New York for well, the last 25 years, Mr. Niall O'Leary. Woo-hoo. Niall is uh, he's a, a wonderful musician. He plays accordion. He plays spoons. And he plays bawron. And he sings. And he's a great performer. And he's also a brilliant dancer. So uh, part of it is that we've been friends ever since he came here, but we've been kind of collaborators over the last couple of years, just Uh talking about playing Irish music for dancing and what that actually means. It sounds so simple, but it isn't really.
2: When did you come over? I came over 25 years ago and I just came for the summer, like a lot of Irish immigrants, and I decided to stay. And where are you living in New York? What part? I live in Greenwich Village, which is, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a very vibrant part of town. There's a lot of people around all the time, and not as many around during the pandemic, but the buzz is back, I would say, in the last six months,
0: definitely. Oh, that's very cool. Of course, Greenwich Village was where Dylan and the Clancy Brothers, of course. It's actually a a vibrant, as you said, a vibrant music community, a lot of folk music, and it's all musical melting pot. And back in the 1920s,
2: there were some guys went up on the top of the Washington Square arch and after a few drinks too many, declared Greenwich Village a republic. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I went from living in one republic, the Republic of Ireland, to the
0: Republic of Greenwich Village.
3: <laughs> so, I love that,
0: where they, they just made their proclamation. That's typical New York. Yeah, I'm sure there. no New Yorkers even took notice of it yeah, at all. Yeah,
1: right, they're like, whatever. <laughs>
0: We'd be wasting a lot of time if we didn't jump right into a tune to start things off. Sure. So let's yeah, yeah. do something right now. And then we're going to talk about Irish music, about how this project is. Yep. Tell us what we're going to hear.
1: We'll start with one of the reels that we like to play. It's a very simple reel called the Red Haired Lass. Ah. And it's a single reel, which means that it's eight bars. It's got two parts. The parts aren't repeated. It's in the key of G. <laughs> let hear it. Just quick A first off. The a, the other A. And, uh, live, the kill company project. All right. All right, count us in there, well,
0: buddy. A very nice uh, red hair girl. You're listening, to strung out here, and I, I want to ask you guys. Uh, starting with you, Nile. Um, What has it been like with the the pandemic and playing live music? A lot of people would say it's been very
2: problematic, but I would try to give it a more positive spin and say it's been very challenging. And to try and seek out opportunities to play the music that would give us memories of what was normality is the thing. And so every time you go to sit down and play a few tunes, especially if you close your eyes, you're transported to another world. The reality is that everyone was in a different world for the last year and a half without closing their eyes. And so... We're trying to make the best of it. And the fact that we enjoy playing the music, you'd say, triumphs over everything else. And that we've had lost a lot less opportunities to be appreciated in our art because there's been so little public performance compared oh, right. to what happened yeah. before. But we still enjoy playing it is the point. And I realise now, certainly playing for the Irish dancing competitions, I didn't do any of it for six months initially from March to September last year. And I feel it's more special now. And I almost feel it's more of a privilege that I get to do it. I'm, I'm more aware of like how honored it is to get to do it. When it was taken away from you, you're, you value
0: it more. The fact that we can't do it like we, yeah. we did it in the past. I love the fact you, you bring up the transformative nature of music and Irish music in particular. Mm. I think that's always been something about Irish music, at least to the people that came from Ireland and the generations yeah. here. It was transformative. Yeah. It was the one thing that kind of connected you with home. Yeah. And Sean, you have blossomed during the pandemic, if you would. Yeah. It's taken off for you.
1: I have a lot of friends that play classical music and that play jazz. And I think that those of us that play independent musics and folk musics and ethnic musics, we might have a little bit luckier Mm -hmm. in that we were able to do Zoom teaching pretty easily. We didn't have some of the same preconceptions about what you can or cannot do. A lot of us made quick transitions, not only teaching on Zoom and other platforms, but also creating new content. And that was one of the things that Niall and I did. We had lots of conversations, lots of playing. What else are we going to do for those scary kind of first eight months? What the heck else? I was going to the grocery store and washing all my clothes, including my winter jacket, when I would come home. So, like, you know, the rest of the time I'm on Zoom, and thank goodness I've got Zoom. Never mind being able to cobble together a living. It allowed me to keep connecting in ways that were fascinating. Yeah. Do you guys feel like we're
0: going to be going back to the way it was? I think... The way that it was is gone. I I think think so, too. We're in a hybrid world now. That's what I feel. Yeah,
2: I think so. And it's about adjusting one's mindset to be participating fully in the new reality. That um, people who are resisting it, I feel, need to stop resisting it. You're right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I only do this like that yeah you can't say things like
1: that anymore like, no no hell no yeah you know. i make saddles oh guess what we're not gonna ride horses anymore unless you're amish or you know you live in colorado right, right, right. You know, like, so, yeah, okay it is kind of that yeah yeah it's a
0: brave new world you have to be willing to wear many different hats yeah let the train go bye gentle
2: oh yeah it's lovely we get a moment to gather our thoughts every 10 minutes (laughs) or so (laughs) I just might leave
0: it in too because I say This is live. You're going to hear the dogs barking, the planes trying to land in the yard. We're talking with Niall and and Sean, two members of the Kilgubbin Project. How'd you come up with that name? Where is Kilgubbin? When
1: immigrants came here, especially the sort of unwashed immigrants from Europe, but particularly the Catholic ones from Italy and Ireland, they were often put in areas, partially because to come to Chicago, it wasn't like going to New York where you hopped off a ship. Or Philadelphia You hopped off a ship Wherever you're from There are no ships That came here So You came to New York And Philadelphia You hopped off a ship And then somebody Transported you Or you made your way To Chicago Right Right. So you come here Often because jobs And most people Not speaking English And then they're like There are no jobs And they were It was just It was BS So the Irish in particular lived in these shanty towns, right? That's what you hear shanty Irish, uh, lace curtain Irish. That comes from these things. They were, they called them shanty towns. Probably shanty is a word in Gaelic, I'm sure. But in Chicago, they were either called shanty towns or patches. And there were two big ones. There's one on the south side around Bridgeport and not far from where the Chicago fire started and all that stuff. Always built their water, like near polluted water. And then the other one was called Kilgubbin, which first group were from Cork, near a place named Kilgovan. And it was at Goose Island. It's what Goose Island is now. Really? Yeah. It was basically where the, the Chicago River meets and there were tanneries and there were factories just dumping crap into the water and they're like here's this crappy land, there's no cops. We don't care. We're living downtown. We're living in some nice place near near the lake. Do whatever you want, you Irish people. So it existed for almost 100 years. A lot of the papers talked about the crime there and the lawlessness and the geese. It's also called Goose Island because that's where geese naturally went. So there was lots of geese droppings and just crap. But it also had great big families, right? Big Catholic families. And so the people in charge who were inevitably wasps and not that down with this thing would Talk about these areas Where these immigrants live The, the babies The lack of education The lawlessness The blah 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 Same stuff as today So I've Government's an actual place Yeah Sean You have So much history
0: Tied up with the music Which is essential For Irish music Because each Little bit of music Has its provenance If you will that goes back to different things and they go back to stuff like and, Edgubbin right? You know, the
1: heart scrabble. As I've gotten older i realized that what really interests me about this music is the story. Yeah. And, and fill that in however you want. Like it's, it, for me it's a story of a lot of times where I learned the tune from and what the people were like that taught it to me. And a lot of times they weren't great players. There's something about my connection to remembering stuff. Like when you get around we spend a lot of time with lots of Irish musicians that are like do you know this team? Do you know this tune? Do you know this tune? Do you know this And a lot of times they don't because I'm trying to figure out the the sort of 45 tunes that I really love. I'm spending an awful lot of time trying to figure out how I want to play them, what they mean to me. And so I have the bandwidth for everything that's out there. You know, what about this one? What about this one? What about that one? I'm still like Vincent van Gogh trying to paint the same field of flowers. Like, here's another. Here's another painting of this. Here's another. That's that's what's going on in my quest right now. Uh-huh.
0: uh, (laughs) Let's let's pick something, and then I want to continue along that thread, because we have new generations coming to Irish music. Irish music is constantly on the change. It is. So we need to address that, because it's so much different. The last time we talked, we were both grousing how...
1: (laughs) As you get older, that's what you do more (laughs) and more, I think.
0: You know, the Irish (laughs) Irish
3: scene is not what it used to be.
0: That kind of thing. But pick a tune and um, and you got one handy.
1: There's a jig that actually now reminded me of uh, about six, eight months ago. And it's a jig. It's got a lot of titles. But one of the titles is called the Cordal Jig, C-O-R-D-A-L is just the name of a I don't know, is it a town? I don't think it's a town, a I village. Think a townland. A townland in County Kerry, yeah. Okay. And that by itself doesn't mean anything. You've been to Ireland. I mean, you know, like everything's beautiful, and a lot of the places is you're whizzing past in your car, like, right. oh, that's that, oh that's that. These places that you heard immigrants talk about, and you've whizzed past them, and of course, these people were tromping through fields and stuff. The stones right. and 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 the ferry forts and all this stuff all had a different meaning and we're just flying by in cars like oh that's Bahola, oh that's coral but this is a lovely jig and it suits the way we play together too i changed my strings today so i need to do a quick yeah. all right give us a count there mr dancer man on
2: a count of four: one, two, three, four. <laughs>
0: Boy, that's uh, that's just awesome to hear. Thank you, Bertie. I love what you were saying about blasting past some of these places like Bohola. Yeah. Uh,
1: and I was in a band called Bohola for 10 years, and every time I've driven past Bohola, it's like, there's Bahola. And this meant so much to all these people who were from around there. That was the closest lodge point. And I've, I've never walked around. I, there's a song, Two Pubs and Bahola, whatever. This, was, this were magical places for people that grew up there. But it's these are just places. But in the modern world, it's different.
0: Our perception of things like that, in some degree, has been guilty for changing our perceptions of
1: the music. because Probably, yeah. It's if- all available now, so everything is... Uh,
0: Much more, I mean, that that idea of the pedestrian society, go that
1: far. They didn't go that far, and they did a lot of walking. Yeah. Martin Hayes, the great fiddle player, told me at some point his father, when he was a young man, got a bicycle. And so mainly they didn't have a car. And so an aunt in America and sent them a a sort of phonograph machine that could play 78s. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So this thing arrived. This is a very big deal, right? It arrives in this you know rural Mm -hmm. place in East Calais. And it arrives, and sure, the belt doesn't work so somehow in this sort of pre-phone era martin's father figures out that he could get one of these things in limerick 60 miles away easily so doesn't he like cycle off to limerick and he does it in one day but it's a whole day of like cycling in these terrible roads through ennis or however you get to to limerick it's like just to get this thing and that's being a different kind of connection it reminds me of being a kid we're recording this in in rogers park and whenever Niles in town I drive from around these areas Because I grew up around here And I, and I have these memories of walking On all these streets and stuff So I'm like, yeah, hey, yeah, that's where I, right. There. It's like that Except with fairies and, and spirits And beautiful ancient Gaelic names Of townlands and grass and stuff And cows and rain <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you can, Yeah, you've got to keep the rain in there The music that we have now And people that have not grown up In that kind of element how do they capture that energy Niall? when you're teaching when you're trying to play this music how do you present it in such a way that they they're never going to set foot in that time or that place yeah so how does the music transcend that that transportation part?
2: I feel very fortunate that like when I grew up in Ireland like my parents are from County Kerry and we always had the radio on with the Irish music we didn't have to go looking for it it was there in the background while we were going around the house doing various things and clearly for most children going up in America they wouldn't have that or elsewhere in the world you'd say and so it's one thing to be exposed to the music without realising it which is basically what happened to me but a lot of people they have to specifically go searching for it so I definitely encourage whether it's dancers I'm teaching whether it's musicians I encourage them to go and seek out the best music and the best dancing to get inspired by you know Mm -hmm. and so that's the difference nowadays you can seek it out, but even compared to maybe 20 30 years ago, it's so much more easily accessible now. There's so much information you have literally on your phone, you don't even have to go look in the old
1: record stores to find right. the old music. A guide is yeah. crucial if you find a guide or two who could tell you that in their own opinion and go on the limb and say that's good, that's not good. Yep. That's not a modern thing to, to do, but I think it's maybe essential. And to find a guide like that, what does a person have to do? Yeah. How do you find and how do you find a good guide? This is an interesting yep. thing because there's lots of people purporting to be guides and they maybe aren't so good. Yep. I don't know. You well, just have it, to keep trying. Yeah, as I
0: point out, you can go onto YouTube and you can get somebody that might walk the walk. Yeah. Do they actually talk? You know what I mean? By yeah, by yeah, feeling the music mm. in, in such a way, Irish music especially. Yeah, anybody can play it, but can they play it with the feeling that right. that yeah. that connection? So much of it ha- is incumbent upon. The historical notion of it?
3: Yeah, you uh,
0: need
1: a... a yeah, yeah.
0: And it's a difficult
1: thing. And it's a talky thing. When you find the guide is often going to tell you stories about themselves and about this connection and that and where they did this and that and this and what they heard about that and this person and blah, blah, blah. So on one hand, it's like a really small town sort of vibe where we're talking about people we know, even if we don't really know those people we're talking about. Because there are still like in the pantheon of great players, there are still lots of people who either knew all these great players or are some of the great players are still alive. And so if you really delve in you'll talk to Liz Carroll and she'll tell you about Johnny McGreevy and right. now you've got the connection yeah
2: it, and it, then there's the idea about the music is just passing through people from generation to generation and it's that there are certain people where you can see a clear lineage of their grandparents their parents but there's other people like you're saying who are completely new to it but they become subsumed by it and it takes over their lives in a good way and they become all about it if you surround yourself with the right people and with the right influences you can become like
0: really good at doing something like that I think of my Japanese ballroom player Takeshi Horiuchi (laughs) who has probably been to <laughs> Ireland more times than I will ever be in my life. Yeah. He was totally taken. When the Japanese do something, they rock it yeah. hard. And they rock it <laughs> hard. And <he's> over the, <laughs> he, he gets over to Ireland and he's played with the, the best and sat in sessions. And he considers himself, I think, more Irish than Japanese. Let me ask you this way, guys. Can it be argued, let's say, let's just pick a random country, let's say Sweden, that somebody could have... Authentic Irish music in Sweden
1: without ever setting foot in Ireland. I don't know if it's about without ever setting foot in Ireland, but what you have, uh, you might know this guy or not, but James Conway, Jimmy James Conway. So James Conway, his father's from Kerry, his mother's from Donegal, and he grew up playing Irish music, but when he was about 10, he decided he loved Chicago blues. But he's not black, he's a white, Irishy, freckly guy. But when he started taking the bus at first down to the hardcore blues clubs, 47th Street and Teresa's and places, and just showing up, and pretty soon, by the time he's 22, he's hanging out in the dressing room with these guys who are not only a different race and different everything, but they're probably 30 years older than him. Mm -hmm. And he's just hanging out, and he's hearing their stories, and maybe they're handing him some whatever they're drinking, which is not what he would grow up drinking. Mm. He'd grow up drinking pints of Guinness or whatever. And so... I think that if you're from Sweden, in fact I can think of musicians from Europe that sure. are great Irish players, but at some point they have to go to Ireland or they have to find somebody, they have to learn about all that stuff. So you're still German, you're still you've got all those things that are German, but you spend enough time there, that you've learned it, and you realize that it's not just notes on a piece of paper that you memorize memorized, because you're a good memorizer yeah. or some crap like that. So you got to go to the home office. you got to go to the home office, yeah. yeah. So to speak. The best way. It's a, it is the best way. I
0: still think so today. I, I think that, that you have to, at some point, and I, I think it ties into what you were talking about, literally walking around the land and trying
1: to need to, to walk just, around the land. You need somebody to drive you around and point out stuff. And, like, my parents listened to the Clancy Brothers and stuff. We listened to Jigs and sure. Meals and things. Oh, yeah. So I had to seek it out. But I was about 13 when I started, so it was a pretty early age. And we had the random collections where there would be the Galaglass Cayley Band or something on there or some crazy some crazy piping thing. And I would listen to it on my LPs, but really I was singing along with the Clancy Brothers or whoever. But then I started going to Ireland, and I found people over here that were guides. And then when I'd go to Ireland, I'd find guides who would just drive me to places and take me and point out that's where the Battle of Akram was. And when the French landed here in this, and they landed all the way down in Cork, and they came up through this and this field there is where blah 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 blah. and i was like even if i didn't know i was just like oh and i would ask questions because oh i love stories i love history i love stories so this meant a lot to me or somebody would say that plays like this guy and you keep hearing these names over and over again a lot of times they're similar names if you're not used to this sort of irish name contest and then you just hear over and over people with named o'leary and you're like which o'leary is it? there's three but you gotta figure out which one it is because they're just gonna thrown on endlessly about these names and luckily and this is where living in the modern age with youtube and google this ends up being a good thing if you can get it to this level and pay attention to the ingredients because you can actually on youtube for instance find just amazing videos of great music yeah like the old stuff like the people digitized and put up there so granted it's not from 1890 but it is from 1950. 1960 You can find John Doherty You can find Bobby Casey Willie Clancy Michael Coleman You can find this stuff And if you really like Now you can see it imitate And go Oh yep. Like look at but that That's we
2: were saying If you just type in real or jig In YouTube It's not going to come up <laughs> it's not the most searched stuff. Right. But if you know the right search words to put in, then you, it's right
0: there for you. I would I'd like to have you guys play one more tune. I am so enjoying this because this is right up my alley. Just, you know, yeah, uh, you're a talker, too. Yeah. The story you guy yourself. <laughs>
1: Irish yeah, I tend them. to surround myself with people like you guys. <laughs> 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 my,
0: I'm always thinking, <laughs> somebody like you, Niall, come up with a tune Greenwich Village. And it takes off from Greenwich Village, and it becomes its own thing, and it's Irish music. But if now you have to take somebody around Greenwich Village. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. You know?
1: yeah so no. there's that transition. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I'll tell you one of the things, one of the reasons why Niall and I get along too, is that he's not averse Like sometimes the people from Ireland, they might make livings playing in bars and singing like those Irish American songs and mm-hmm. those ballad songs and stuff, and but they really don't like them. But secretly, Niall likes. All that stuff too, and that's the American, and this is stuff you like as well. Oh, and yeah. so this is a separate but parallel universe here. And so I'm also part of that thing, and I'm like, ooh, that's interesting. Wrap my head around that. Which Irish, uh, America, Irish, you know, versus Ireland, like they've there's what? Yeah, like I, well, I love the interplay. With yeah. it and how
0: really the the spawning of American music, I argue. One yeah, of the big
1: ingredients. Yeah, parse
0: it out. No. It's Irish music, okay? Irish folk music that went down yeah. to the
2: telling the ballads and stuff. I brought two sets of spoons, and I'm trying to decide which spoons sound better on the on the wireless, as we used to say. Yeah. So these are plastic spoons. Fantastic. And they're hollow inside. So there's a nice ring to them. And these other ones now are more traditional metal soup spoons, and so they're a little bit louder and prouder. I like which, both. We have to decide
1: which. One yeah. Do. <laughs> um, so you decide. You're the would, head honcho. You my know what like to to to, say. I would
0: like? I would like to try the plastic ones just for the hell of it because yes. I think um, I've never seen that before. All right. <laughs> yep. They're made specifically for playing the spoons, I'm guessing. They're actually made specifically for, for bubble iced tea. Yeah,
1: Get out I of see here. Yeah, there, they're hollowed, and there's like a so thingy a there.
2: Straw. They're like, they're they're like basically a straw they're straw Oh, my God. And then you scoop up the bubbles with the spoon. Oh, my ice. God. Is that a hoot?
0: I thought you could have pulled the wool over my eyes and said, yeah, I had to yeah. have these uh, handcrafted. Yeah. But I flew to go. the factory in Burma. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now, <laughs> folks, uh, if I could uh, explain. Green... Yeah, green for Ireland with a a hole at the end and and hollow in the inside, so... Giving a real kind of almost like a, a bones kind of quality, I indeed, think. To it. Indeed, indeed. Yes. Yeah. All right, what are we going
1: to hear here? I'm going to play at least one reel called George White's a Favorite. I might go into a reel, the bird in the bush, depending on how well it's going and if there's a train going by or not. These are two reels that the old timers played all the time, and I've been messing around uh, with them, and I've played them at a slightly different key that might actually sound cool with those green spoons. All right.
0: Well, I think one
3: one
0: of, the, one of the things about Irish music that I think is fantastic is that here you have two guys you don't have this full bleeding band you don't need it
1: nah
0: you know the the beauty of it is the, the you almost fill in the gaps but with the sound uh, by yourself the listener is an, an active participant because they have to listen and fill that that
1: filling. oh that's a good that's you know? a really good line yeah the listener is an active participant and they fill it in yeah, that's how I always felt. Just doing the stuff with the switchback, and
0: we've always ran into problems with drummers, not spoon players, because uh, yeah. they're good to hear.
1: You want a, the right kind of drummer because you need some it, pause you know, and you need some something. You had
0: a drummer maybe in a show band, but really it, it wasn't. Yeah, not even talking to the bar on it. Yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of situation. It kind
1: of it homogenizes it or something. Yeah, you miss some of the yeah,
0: it, the, the simplicity and the beauty of it, but also the fun. Where'd you get that great run down the arm kind of look? You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, with the spoons, which is uh, pretty damn impressive.
1: Yeah, right? you have to see it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, see it. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've never p-
0: seen that done before, and I, I'll tell you what, I'm impressed. You need a good, strong, lumpy arm. And you've got to drink a lot of bubble tea, obviously, sure. so, uh, to go and get a, a good <laughs> thing going <laughs> like that. I want to make sure that we take care of things here. I always like to say I am so excited about having you, Sean, and I've had you here now a couple times. Since yeah. I know I'll be having you back here now as soon as we can get you back here uh, from New York. It's only the next town over. Why don't you guys play us out on um, one last tune for Strung Out? And All right, great, yeah. and Sean, I want to thank you so much for being uh, strung out.
3: You're very welcome. Next week,
0: okay? Before we go, we
2: need to address the elephant in the room. My long lost ancestor, Mrs. O'Leary, and her cow. She didn't do it. Oh, <laughs> there you
0: go. Yeah, yeah. He's innocent. The cow.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it was a party at their house. Yeah, that's apparently true. where it starts. I was in a thing on Channel 11 where I played fiddle, and they, there was a fiddle player over from Ireland. In the patch It was the patch near Bridgeport I'll I'll tell you the first thing we're going to play now You can pick the second one So this tune It's considered a super simple tune Blah 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 But it was first discovered in Chicago About 1903 And it was collected by uh, By me Collected And these guys said where are you from? And he said, ah, I'm from blah, blah, blah. And they said, what tunes do you have? And he played this tune. And these men who were all police in the Chicago police, including the chief of police, France O'Neill, his uh, sergeant named James O'Neill, different parts of Ireland, uh, a guy named Pat Mahoney. There are four or five of these guys, all of them from Ireland. And they were over at this, in the levee district, which is like the one with the, the bad part of town on the west side. And they met this young guy from Ireland named Georgie West. And he had three tunes that they'd never heard before. One of them, The Boys of Blue Hill. This hornpipe comes from where they roared over to this guy's house in their police cars. And right in the process, they had Georgie play in the fiddle and they wrote it down. Isn't that great? And they put it in the book. Yeah. And then everyone else learned it from there.
0: And The Boys of Blue Hill, of course, that's
1: yeah, one of my a,
0: favorites, I actually. Sure. It's my mother's favorite hornpipe as well.
2: Is it really? It is, yeah. uh, It's a great So one. if, if yeah. you have
1: a switch, you just go into it. Okay, you can we'll go into one in G, maybe, yeah. All first. right, cool. Okay, right. All right. One, one, two. Three. <laughs>
0: Once again, thank you, Sean. Thank you, Niall.
3: You're thank very you. welcome, sir. For
0: everybody else listening, go rub me bottle Cup and slam. <laughs> All right. Very good. That's
3: cool. Good. Thank you for listening. For more
0: information about this show or a transcript, visit martinmccormack.com. While there, sign up for our newsletter. See you next time on Strung Out.